0: Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, a podcast where I, your host, Conor Acabe, bring on a guest to hear from them about a video game that is special to them and why. On this show, we talk as much about what made playing that game special and what our guest loves about it as we will around the context of how they fell in love with this game for the very first time. I... Had no plans to do that before the show. It just sort of happened. Uh, I'm your host, Connor McCabe, uh, and thank you for joining me here on this very special episode of Call Me By Your Game. A little bit of housekeeping uh, for the show up top uh, is that if you are on social media, uh, come find us, come interact with us. We're on both Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on Instagram at Call Me By Your Game Pod and on Twitter at Call Me By Your Game. But on Twitter, there's just one Y in that username. So it's B-Y-O-U-R. There you can see what episodes we have coming out each week, uh, who our guest is and how you can support them. And also uh, check out the really cool art I make for each and every episode. You can also support the show in a few different ways. You can leave us a rating and review in the Apple Podcast Store or wherever you get your shows. But Apple is the only place where I can see reviews. So if you leave a review and Spotify or elsewhere, hit me up on social media at Connor underscore McCabe. And I'd love to shout you out for that because uh, I'd love more reviews. So if you're listening now and you like the show, go ahead and leave us one. You can also share the show with a friend, whether they like video games in general or have a specific affinity for the one we are talking about today. Uh, and you can also check us out on Patreon. We're over at patreon.com supernpcradio. What is a Patreon, you ask? What the heck is there? If you're listening, you probably know, but if you're new to the show, that is where we host an additional bonus video game content, not only from this podcast, but from Video Games, a comedy show, The Reactivators, and Inside Video Games Classic. Uh, it's a place where you can support us by subscribing at, a, at a, one of our several tiers that we have, and in return, you get bonus content uh, every week. You get a few things that you get there. Is You get, at any tier, the weekly episode, uh, show Super NPCs hosted by myself and Jeremy Schmidt and once a month by Nick Costanza and Tyler Schnupp. You get the Call Me By Your Game co-op episodes, which is a monthly deep dive that I do with a group of people on a meaningful game. And there's, uh, as of, uh, uh, as of a week ago, I'm, I'm, like, trying to figure out when this is coming out. As of a week ago, uh, there will be 28 of those episodes, for those Deep Dive Book Club-style things you can hear. And then we, of course, have our Games Club, uh, which right now is the Donkey Kong series, going through eight of those games and so much more. So, again, if uh, you're looking to support us uh, in a meaningful way, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash supernpcradio. That'll do it for the housekeeping for this episode, and I'll finally introduce the wonderful Swabby joining me today for this great episode. Please welcome to the microphone, Andrew Young. Oh, thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. What if we did the whole episode like this? I might lose my listeners. Right, and I might lose my voice. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. That that would happen <laughs> earlier, uh, and then we'd have to do it in like uh, yeah, like four I mean, voices uh, at the yeah. time.
1: Yeah, we would talk about what we love about the animation of the game.
0: Yeah, they'd barely be able to hear us. Uh Andrew, my good friend, thank you so much for making the time to guest on the show today. I'm really excited to talk to you. Um, we have known each other uh for a long time. I I mean six years at this point, isn't that yeah. a little a little yeah, crazy? Yeah, twenty
1: early twenty sixteen, maybe?
0: I early think early. it was in like the fall that we took uh. Right. We took Improv 401 together at the UCB Theater. Right. Um, you are like most guests on the show. I know you through the improv community here uh, with our dear friends, both former guests of the show, uh, Meg Joe and Drew Marquardt. Mm-hmm. Uh, both very funny. Funny, wonderful people. Um, that's where I've met you. Uh, I've And we've gotten to spend a ton of time together over the last six years in and out of doing different shows and stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, we perform together a lot. Uh we hang out and drink too much a lot.
0: <laughs> it happens, yeah, folks. It happens. I uh even recently got to so- got to watch you and hear you officiate a wedding between uh two of our good friends. And I mean you've probably heard enough by this point, but that was by far the most entertaining officiated <laughs> wedding I've ever seen and definitely the funniest one. Oh, thank you. Uh,
1: uh, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I've, I've, some people have said very nice things.
0: <laughs> a true master of ceremonies. Uh, oh. It was an absolute blast. Uh, plenty of former guests of the show uh, were there because I know the listener want they want to know who who was there. And, right. And we'll just say, plenty of uh, former guests of the show. Um, you you do so much, Andrew. It's you are really one of those people that I I think a lot of our friends might not even know what you even have going on outside of improv. That being said, who the heck is this young man joining us today? What do you want to share with the audience about yourself? Ooh. Uh
1: like like tidbit, I guess um in addition to improv and uh musical comedy and writing musicals and stuff like that, my day job is a uh, visual effects, uh which is a polar opposite <laughs> thing to what I do in my in my outside life and um, but I enjoyed it. I work on like make t- main title sequences like uh, yeah. Game of Thrones and stuff like that. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, the rest of my life is uh, usually centered around some sort of comedy something, whether it's writing silly songs or making up silly songs on the spot or doing improv or. Uh, a
0: very playful lad.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like to consider myself a playful lad.
0: Tr- all, truly, always so down to have fun. One of the warmest people I've oh, ever known in my life. Uh, uh, yeah, if, if anyone knows, to know you is to love you, pal. Oh, thank. That's just that's that's right back at you, Connor. Oh, hey, I was just hope I was just saying that so you'd say it back to me. Uh, <laughs> I kid. Uh, yeah, you you were so fun to watch as a performer, but it is cool that you have another. Creative career, not related at all to how most people know you, um, which is fun. You even have you did a title sequence for my movie for for That's well, like right. a movie, it was a web pilot, I guess, for Dave and Bruce, and like the work you did on that was incredible too. So I can just tell the listener right now, uh, from firsthand experience, how good your stuff is. Well, thank you.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a, it's nice to have a a job that's creative, but doesn't feel like it's tied to, Mm. uh, the performance side of my life. I feel like I can separate myself, but still, you know, be engaged in my work and not like, feel like I'm stuck behind a desk crunching numbers or something like that.
0: Totally. Uh, I'm really glad. Um, well, uh, Andrew, uh, we are, of course, going to get into your general history with video games sure. pretty soon. Um, but before we do, would you please introduce the title of the game that you've brought on to discuss for the main event?
1: So the title of this game, one of the funniest games of all time, is LucasArts, The Secret of Monkey Island.
0: I, I am so excited. Uh to hear from you about this, um, I'll get into I'll get into some stuff. Uh, there are some games people bring onto the show that I have no relationship with. I've even learned about a few games for the first time on this. This is one I'm familiar with, but only in the last few years. And uh, listeners, especially our patrons here on, uh, at Super NPC Radio, they have been getting a lot of point and click, uh, and specifically Lucas Arts and Ron Gilbert stuff lately. Yeah, because recently on. Uh, Super NPCs. We did a whole episode uh, on Maniac Mansion, Uh, Jeremy and I, uh, which felt perfect for – because we've been doing scary stuff for October. It's got its own scary elements, Uh, and it ties to horror movies and cliches. Uh, But then for the latest co-op episode, which I was just talking about that came out a week ago when this releases, I played the newest game in the Monkey Island series, Return to Monkey Island. Mm -hmm. So – um. It's just funny when this sort of stuff lines up and, uh, and, and things align like this. Cause I'm really in the, I'm really in the zone for yeah monkey Island. Uh, so I'm so glad that you wanted to talk about it. Um, were you going to say something just now? N-
1: well, no, I mean, I feel like those games kind of vanished for a long time. I don't know because it, it's tough to keep up with the, uh. I don't know. It's tough to do a point and click adventure game in the world where the graphics are so good, and you feel like it's an open world system, and this yeah. and that. Um, but to hear, I've heard a few other people mention recently that they went back and like looked at some of these things, and were like, man, these are like really cleverly designed and well mm-hmm. thought out, and sometimes really well written and really funny. It's like uh, I think they're I think they're gaining
0: regaining popularity. I should say it. It sure feels like it. Um, well, I am really pumped to get into everything you have to share about that uh, and, and share a little bit myself later. Uh, but however, I want to get into your history with games in general. So Andrew, do you remember uh, first taking an interest in video games at a certain point in your life?
1: I remember. So I am a, I'm a 38-year-old uh, for the listener's frame of reference. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, glad to have made it this far. Um <laughs> And so you know, I'm original Nintendo uh, early PC uh, gamer. That's where I nice. come from. So I remember when my dad finally convinced my mom it was acceptable to buy a Nintendo and bring it oh. home, um, and you know, hook it up with the old uh, coaxial cable or, yeah. or the, the little RCA. And we only <laughs> well, we only had three games. <laughs> uh, there was, of course, uh, Mario. Mm-hmm. Um, and Duck Hunt, which were I think on the same. Oh, nice! Cartridge. Uh, that's the one I
0: had growing up. Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, then there was a game called Rygar, which was. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. A guy with like a grappling hook. Yeah. Um And then uh, what was the third one? Who um, oh, I don't remember what the third one is. I must not have played it very often. But It'll I was probably
0: come to you later in the show.
1: Yeah, but I was I was. Bad at all of them uh, <laughs> I, I was I was really terrible at i I don't think I ever actually beat uh, Mario. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duck hunt, I could kind of get by, but it was you know that was at the time where the only way that those guns would work is you had to point at a curved TV screen and hope yes. that it hit the thing that you were looking at. Um so that was our my first like console system, and I remember really uh enjoying it, but not feeling like. It was exactly my kind of thing. The the shooter games or even, like, the level games where you yeah. had to, like, progress all the way through various levels were never really my thing. Um, a, a little bit later, my dad had a work computer that he installed uh, Doom on, the original Doom. Ooh. And when he was not home, I would sneak in and play Doom on his <laughs> laptop and so that was my first first person shooter and that uh-huh. you know that I was like okay I'm getting behind this I'm getting behind this um just slowly
0: and, sampling the genres of video games I love Yeah
1: it. yeah and then at some point I think it was uh probably early middle school I think 6th grade my dad got a personal computer for the family
0: Oh um, game changer
1: Yeah big 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 game changer It was uh I think it was a Hewlett Packard, or, or no, I'm sorry, Packard Bell. Uh, for some reason, Packard isn't both names. And he <laughs> came home and set this thing up, and it had Windows ninety five on it, um, and DOS of course. And with it, he had brought this uh, what looked like it was a bo- it was like a cardboard box that kind of looked like a Christmas advent calendar in terms of like the way it was laid out, yeah. but it had CDs in it instead of chocolate.
0: Um, First of all, that sounds incredible. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was, and it, and he gave it to me and he was like, here's some games that you can play on this thing. And so I had to figure out how to install them and, and learn, you know, how all yeah. that stuff worked. And among that was several LucasArts games. Wow. And that was the most interested I started to become in gaming. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, these are super fun.
0: Uh, do you remember what the first one you tried as, or were you sort of sampling them all since they were there?
1: Um, I I think I opened all of them, but I'm kind of a – I'm a game completist. Um, oh, interesting. So I like to beat something before I really spend time with something else. Yeah. Uh, and I like to do it all. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes
1: to an extreme, like uh, the first time I played Mass Effect, I think I collected every ore on every planet, and I was like, oh, Oh my God, I I can't play a game like this. (laughs) 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 Too much. Um, But, yeah, I I think the first one that I beat was probably Day of the Tentacle, uh, which is the sequel to Maniac Mansion. Yes. Um, And then I went through and played, uh, in that set was... uh, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. Oh,
0: uh, which, um, which our friend Annabelle Seymour did over two years ago on this podcast. Yep,
1: it's a brilliant game, so fun, and so it's it's really funny. Um, uh. I was talking with a, a friend of mine about that game, and everyone you meet in that game is a complete ass. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, they're all so mean to you throughout that yeah. entire game. Um, but yeah, that was the second one I beat, and then the, I think also in that set was uh, Sam and Max Hit the Road, oh. and then... Um, the Secret of Monkey Island and uh, LeChuck's Revenge, which
0: is its sequel. They both um, were in this thing. They were both in there. Oh uh, man, that is bonkers.
1: Yeah, um, because I think I think Secret of Monkey Island was like 1990. Yes, uh, it was, so it had yeah. it had been out a while by the time I hit sixth grade. Okay. Um, and yeah, so we brought that home, and then I think he I think shortly after that he brought Mist home. Ooh. Uh, so I got to play Mist, and then a friend of mine uh, across the street. Had Riven shortly after that, so I played through those games. Oh, wow! And so I was very big into like the puzzle games,
0: yes, um, totally,
1: you know, problem solving games, point and click. That was like really my thing for a long time, basically until probably the 360 or the uh, original Xbox came out. Oh, nice. What um, did you
0: get into on there? Did you have one?
1: Uh, my brother got one, so uh, but I was older than him, so I could, your brother, who I just met. Uh actually you you no you haven't met this one. Oh okay, uh, gotcha. this was the one that lived with me several years ago, but he uh it was supposedly his system, but I was older than him, so I could just take it whenever I wanted.
0: <laughs> That's the rules of being siblings. That's the rules. Um
1: <laughs> and he had Halo, so I played through Halo oh, yeah. uh, and enjoyed that. Um and then uh what else? What else was there? Oh, did you have you had anyone talk about the uh, Lord British games, Ultima Seven, Ultima Six? Not
0: a single one. Oh,
1: those yeah. are
0: are those RPGs as well?
1: Yeah, those yeah. are RPGs, and they're not open world, but they're um, those are the kind of games where you can do like a lot of like, if you want to make money in the game, you mm-hmm. could bake bread and then sell bread. Oh, it's wow! It's like weird, weird that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, and of course that went to Ultima Online, which was one of the first. Kind of big MMORPGs like pre World of Warcraft. Oh wow! Yeah. So, but yeah, Uh, and that was most of my most of the stuff that I played, um, kind of growing up. And then in in college, it was you know you would add things like uh, I think I played Doom three, so got to got to carry that on, and you know, occasionally I'd play the tennis games or (laughs) you know whatever we happen to have. Um,
0: so, did you go to the University of Oklahoma?
1: I went to the University of North Carolina School of the Arts in Winston Salem. Yeah, the Arts Conservatory.
0: Uh, no wonder you're such an artist, Mister. Wow. Well, yeah, they oh. got they got their hooks in me. Um, that's so great. Uh, do you was do, if you looking back, because I have a few questions for you about your history with gaming. Um, looking back, if you were to pick like a favorite console or a platform, just for you personally. Mm. Uh, from your history do you know what you would choose it would be PC yeah um, like the early days or
1: yeah I think yeah. yeah I mean I've I play PC games now occasionally but there's just, there was something about I don't know I had a, you know I had a friend uh, who had a Sega and so we'd go over and play Sonic or you know they had like yeah. some like f- uh, kind of Tronish flying game oh, uh, I forget what it was called um, but I was never very good at the controllers on any of these things, and I never, mm. like, wanted to invest the time to get better. Yeah. Um, with the exception of,
0: uh, uh, Portal. Oh. Um, of course you like that game. That's like yes. the el- That's, like, the evolution of the ones you liked yes. that you've already named. Yep, yeah,
1: exactly. And, you know, I had played Half-Life and Half-Life 2 on the PC, so when Valve put out Portal, I was like, oh, what's this gonna be? And it turns out that it... Uh, it's just a puzzle game, but it's also hysterically funny. Um, it and its sequel. So, um. I have a question
0: for you, and this is I'm asking for selfish reasons. Uh, I and I'll I'll get to the question by telling you some information. So mm. this is already very convoluted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, I, for the first time ever, played through the first two Portal games this year. Um, I got. Uh in March I had I've talked about this a little bit but I had like my first acting job in a while and so on the way home from that one day that I filmed I stopped at one of my favorite retro stores uh game realms which is in Burbank mm-hmm. and uh I treated myself to uh I just walked in there not knowing what I wanted and I saw the orange box You got the orange like, box I've heard so much about this for the for the PS3 which I have and got the orange box Immediately played Portal and like ate it up in about two days and was just like, what just happened to me? Uh, did a podcast on it for this, for the co op series. And on the show, Jeremy challenged me to play Portal 2 and then do an episode on it, which I did a couple months later. Uh, and so, all that table setting to ask you is the structure of the Half Life games. Are, is it similar to Portal, where it's like linear and you're going through, or is it more? Yes. Is, is, okay, great. Yeah, that. Yeah, Half Life and Half Life Two I was are both. To hear.
1: Yeah, they're both linear, and then there are t- uh, two released episodes uh, that follow up that are like essentially kind of Half Life Three, but I don't know. It's uh, Valve has has promised to release Half Life Three for like uh, over a decade. Yes. And they're they're more interested in running uh, Steam, I guess, which you know is a great platform.
0: Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, that, that's all linear. That's helpful because I haven't known what I want to. I've got a few games lined up for the end of the year, truly based on podcasts uh, to finish out our games club and do something else. But I've been looking for a new game to play and slash stream, and I think I think if I can find a way to play, because I have. One one or two of the episodes on the orange box of Half-Life 2, but I want to start from the beginning. Right. Uh, so, sorry. That was a very selfish tangent. No, me, no, no, no. Thank you for, interta- for uh, humoring me there. Here's what I'll say
1: uh, about both of those. Half-Life 2 is, I would argue, the better game, but Half-Life 1 is still a great deal of fun to play. Mm. Um, they're tonally very different because Half-Life oh. 1 is essentially like – Have you ever uh, seen uh, the Frank Darabont-directed Stephen King movie The Mist? Yes, I have. So what that town experiences with, like, monsters and stuff showing up, essentially what they're showing in Half-Life is the science lab where that would have happened. It's not directly connected to that. Like, they don't say, ooh, this is the backstory. But so you're playing a scientist in, like, an experiment that had gone horribly wrong, kind of in the same way that Doom does. They kind of— steal that too it's like oh we opened a portal to hell and this you open a portal to another uh, planet that allows these aliens to come through oh Um, and then and then in the sequel in Half-Life 2 you have been like in suspended animation essentially at the end of Half-Life 1 in Half-Life 2 you wake up and the world is essentially under like this uh, martial law fascist order where the aliens have enslaved humanity and you are trying to like, you know, break. so it's a totally different, it's like a huge time jump, a very different world.
0: Wow. Uh, that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, I think we found it folks. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I, 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 I'm going to try to find, if I can find an easy way to do that, I'm going to do it. But so thank you for humoring me so sure. much. Yeah, of course. Um, so, so PC probably early days, especially about yep. your, your personal favorite platform. Um, and then. I want to catch up just a little bit to what gaming is like for you now.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the last console or the last system I bought when I went to college, I couldn't actually steal my brother's Xbox. Uh, (laughs) So when I got to college, I bought an Xbox. It's just called the Xbox 2, right? The 360? Or 360. Yeah. Xbox 360. Um, Basically the Xbox (laughs) 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my roommate had a PS3. Ooh. Um, so, you know, we'd play some games here and there, but I was still mostly a PC person. Mm. When we moved to Los Angeles, um, we added, we got the PS4, and that's when I started to play games like um, Last of Us and- Ooh, yeah. Uh, yeah. all the Uncharted games, which I love. Oh, cool. Um, uh, also because they have a good sense of humor, and I like that they're linear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so I'll pop in ever so often and play stuff. Like I played a little bit of the Spider-Man game, but, um, I find that with open world games, I have a little bit of trouble because, uh, like I said, I'm a completist. So, uh, Oh, I like, I I have a real problem just spending hours upon hours trying to do everything.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, and you can't, you can't, like I never got into uh, elder scrolls or oblivion or any of that or oblivion. Right. Yeah. Uh, because it 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 would just destroy me.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, if you played like Skyrim, right. that would just yeah, that's how people spend so many hours in those games is because they're trying they're like complete, completionists or they are they love role playing in those mm-hmm. environments. Uh that's cool. Um awesome. Uh did, did that sort of catch us up to what gaming is like for you today or Yeah, I
1: would I would say now it's it's intermittent uh it's just as i get time i'll play a little bit of something but i um yeah it's i'm so busy all the time that it's only whenever i get a chance and something and if someone has to recommend the game to me and be like oh you have to play this um yes. otherwise i kind of don't i don't like i'm not like the kind of person who's like "Ooh, i found this i found this game before it was cool <laughs> yes <laughs> absolutely
0: things are coming to you as opposed to you seeking them out in a, right. in a sense uh very cool. Um last question for you is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what's a game in recent memory that you've dabbled in or played that uh you've really liked.
1: Ooh. Uh I mean The Last of Us was probably the last game that I was like, wow, this cool. like tonally is just so I don't know, so well done. So I mean all of the the Naughty Dog stuff is mm-hmm. just it's well designed, it's well written, it's smart like you know I think I played – what was it? Uncharted 4 too. That was also great. Um, and then I saw the movie and that was not great. Mm. Uh, Can't say I saw it. <laughs> you're not missing much. Um, um, but yeah. Awesome. It's, it's been, I guess that's been a while because Last of Us was – I was going to play it's been Last of a while Us. now. Yeah, I was going to play Last of Us too, and it's still on my like to-do list. But, oh, cool. Uh,
0: that's a longer – Experience. I also uh, coincidentally have played those for the first time in the last few years. The The Last of Us Part One, well, back when it was just The Last of Us, uh, was the first game I played when I got a PS4, sort mm-hmm. of miraculously in like spring of 2019. Uh, and then I have played number two. Two is longer and more heartbreaking than the than the first one. That's um, what I've
1: heard. I've heard it'll gut you.
0: Oh yeah, it's I think the first one might be like a 14 hour, 15 hour experience. The second one's closer to like 26 or 25. Um but I still recommend it. Just be be I don't know how you uh need to like sort of treat yourself when you're playing games, but I was in a really depressed uh lonely time in my life and especially it was like the November of 2020 when uh I think COVID had gotten even worse than it was before and it was cold. Uh so I was playing this alone. So I sort of – it was sort of cathartic to really dive into it. But I think if someone was in a better place, um, just be prepared, I think, to be okay to give yourself like distance from it, whether yeah. it be for an afternoon or a day because it's heavy as you could guess. Yeah, um, that kind I, of stuff I might does be hyping that up too much. I, no,
1: that, that kind of stuff does affect me. I get yeah. – uh, with movies and games, if I'm like, oh my gosh, what like – I remember when I was in uh, – when I was in middle school, I, was, I, I took piano lessons for a long time, and I was playing in recitals. Yeah. Uh, I was, you know, they were making me play classical stuff, and I was not, you know, I was, it wasn't as good as the rest of the a rebel. I was, I was fine. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to play <laughs> rock and roll, and they wanted me to play. Anyway, I had, this, uh, I had this piece memorized that I was supposed to play, and on the way to the recital at this, like, enormous Baptist church, I finished Sphere- Mm. Uh, Michael Crichton, the Michael Crichton book, okay, um, and the ending of that book is a kind of a, a head fuck. Oh wow. uh, And I'm I finish it and we walk into the recital space. I've learned I I know this piece backwards. I go up on stage, and all I can think about is like I can't believe that that's how that book ended. That's oh amazing. my gosh! <laughs> like it was like, the, and I sit down to play and I get like I don't know twenty four bars into the piece and then the rest is gone.
0: Oh my gosh. Completely gone.
1: Doesn't exist in my brain. Uh, so I restarted. Like, All right. <laughs> I just, I, I stopped and then I restarted and then I hit the exact same spot and stopped again. I turned to the audience and said, well, this is embarrassing, which got it. And the entire audience laughed, even though like I'm borderline tears making yes. this joke. And then I turned back and I start again and then I improvise. <laughs> I, it must've been very obvious. I improvise an ending to the this Chopin piece, which you shouldn't be improvising
0: on. And then just like uh, walk off the stage in shame. Andrew, that is, I'm so sorry that, you know, young, you had to go through that, but that's an incredible story. <laughs> and of course the humor still comes out from you of just being real and <laughs> just comment, just that commentary. <laughs> and then the audience laughing. Oh, wow. Uh, that, that is incredible that's a perfect way to close out that segment Um, (laughs) Andrew uh, thank you so much for sharing about you know your brief history of video games of course uh, we're going to take a quick break um, uh, but when we come back we'll get into all things that you feel like sharing about the secret of Monkey Island so I will uh, see you when we get back to shore how about that all right My name is Jeremy Schmidt, and I'd like to tell you about my podcast, Video Games, A Comedy Show. This is, you guessed it, a comedy show about video games. Every episode, a panel of video game-liking comedians discusses a brand new topic, the games they've been playing, and best of all, the news. Are there bits? Arguably way too many. If you like to laugh and or like to play video games, check out Video Games, A Comedy Show, anywhere podcasts can be found. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. Of course, thankfully still here with Mr. Andrew Young, here to discuss the secret of Monkey Island. Andrew, how are you? Oh, still pretty good. Uh, uh, Yeah, pretty good. (laughs) All right, I'll take it. That's good. Not too big of a drop-off since starting the show. I love it. Um, Well, before we get into... You know, your personal history with uh, The Secret of Monkey Island, like I said before, I want to set the table for the listener just in case they're not familiar with uh, with the series or uh, just this type of game itself. Uh, so at any point, Andrew, if you happen to, you know, have s- uh, some anecdotes or, or his- history you want to include or like, oh, actually, we should talk about the composer who was this person. Oh. Feel free to interrupt at any time. Yeah. Um, but I'll kick it off for us and just say that The Secret of Monkey Island is a 1990 point and click graphic adventure game developed and published by Lucasfilm Games, um, which would later become LucasArts, uh, and which is, I believe, what they're known as now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the player assumes uh, the role of Guybrush Threepwood, a young man who dreams of becoming a pirate, and explores fictional islands while solving puzzles, uh, taking place in a fictional version of the Caribbean during the age of piracy. Um, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of table setting we could do for this game, um, but do you, you strike me as someone who might uh, be aware of sort of this the game's creators and how this all came to be. So if yeah, you yeah. are, I'd lo- love for you to share.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh I I know that like you know Ron Ron Gilbert and uh, uh, Tim Schafer Dave Grossman all those guys had worked on like some earlier games for Lucasfilm Games and they kind of were like I, I think they had like a lot of complaints <laughs> mm-hmm. about like how the systems worked and how like how they were written and they felt like there was I don't know that it just required more more care and the way that they went about creating. Uh, Monkey Island was – they were all kind of like in a room together. They all coded. They all worked on the art. They all like – everyone contributed jokes and, and wrote together. And then they would just <laughs> – they would have like a a puzzle or a placeholder for something and they'd just be like, oh, we'll come back to that later. And they like – as they coded the game, they'd have like uh-huh. a little placeholder so they could just go back and add stuff, which you oh, can't really do anymore.
0: That's so interesting. I mean this game – one of my big takeaways, having recently played The Return to Monkey Island and then a couple years ago playing this game for the first time, uh, one of my big takeaways, which should have been more obvious in hindsight, is that this series, at least the first and the last game, strike me so much as uh, so similar to like a TV show I'd really like or a sitcom because you're constantly, you know, interacting with different characters at at different points in the game, hearing mm-hmm. from them in their new situations compared to their old ones. Uh there's power dynamic shifts, but even just the way you describe them building the game is sometimes how I feel writing has gone for me where I'm like, "Hmm, okay, so I know this scene is going to happen with this character in the second act that's going to lead to the climax, but the scene before, I'll just write that something happens." Uh yeah. and then come back as a placeholder. So Yeah. So that is interesting. Yeah, they also – I know that Ron Gilbert specifically, um, before getting into designing like Maniac Mansion, which was the first point-and-click adventure uh, in his first game as like a designer and director – Uh, that, that had come off the heels of playing the Sierra point and click adventures, which I have no experience with like King's quest and all that. Have you ever played any of those?
1: No, I, we, I downloaded a copy of King's quest at some point, uh, I guess in college and I just really couldn't get into it. It felt like clunky. Mm. Um, even, I mean like, you know, maniac mansion, which is, I think for the, was originally for like the Commodore.
0: Yes. Um, in, In 1987.
1: Yeah, even that is like more. It's clearer. Yes. How it works than going back to some of that older stuff. And essentially, the the model is exactly the same. It's like mm-hmm. you have a series of options and how you can interact with objects or and what kind of questions you can ask characters. Like the engine I think it's called Scum with two yes. Ms um, is was basically the same engine. They just kept modifying it and and improving it.
0: Yeah. And up until today, I forget what the name of the new engine they're using is called, but it's essentially a streamlined version of this scum engine. Whereas before in old point and click adventures adventure games like King's Quest, I guess you would type in commands into like a to like a text field and hope that you typed in the command that would work with whatever object you're trying to use. Yeah. Whereas in starting in Maniac Mansion, and in these games, um, you see all of your options on the screen to click, then to use an item. Like, open, look at, walk towards, uh, give I is probably one of them. Uh, yeah. So- Take,
1: give, take, steal. Not yes. steal, but, you know, yeah, like, use, just use, whatever yeah. that meant.
0: So there's, they, they, it was nice that they narrowed down those list of options, and it just allowed for more- uh, streamlined gameplay and, and less to bump up against. Like, yeah. probably a little bit of the clunkiness you were talking about earlier. You know, it's funny. I don't know if you've watched.
1: Um, on Disney+, Plus. there's a doc called Light and Magic. Uh, mm, it's like a no. six-part series about industrial light and magic and how they, like, developed all these camera systems and new visual effects tools to do basically start with Star Wars. Wow. And it goes all the way through the age of computers and how they came up with, how they did the dinosaurs on Jurassic Park. Mm. and But the environment that they, all these, you know, kind of genius, uh, engineer dorks worked in was very much like, uh, like, like a frat house, but not like the frat house that like, like a bunch of guys that live together and are like problem solving and coming up with things and like finding new ways to do things that, um, have never been done before. And I feel like the, Lucasfilm games, LucasArts environment was very much like that. Just mm. people being like, oh, how are we going to do this? You know, yeah. how are we going uh, to come up with a system so that when you enter a place, the music transitions seamlessly mm-hmm. uh, into the new environment? Or when you come back, it changes because something else has happened in the game. And, you know, they, they create these things that we still – or methodologies that we still use in games today.
0: Yeah, it's it's really impressive. They definitely paved the way for not just the point and click genre, but other systems like you're discussing today. Um, a few more uh, fact, fun facts about this game before we really get into it. Um, this game was originally conceived in 1988 by uh, we already talked about Ron Gilbert, who designed it with Tim Schafer and Dave Grossman, um, and uh, and you even led us into a little bit of like Gilbert's frustration with the genre specifically those earlier King's Quest games. Um, mm. But he got some uh, uh, inspiration for this game based on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, Writing uh, yep. it at Disneyland. I think it's like what I've heard him say in interviews or like written out is that he wondered what it would be like to like go into the town and talk to the pirates and the people because uh, they always seem like the most fun and interesting part. Did you know about this a little bit?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, and I also know that it's it's kind of like – uh snake-eating-its-own-tail or a Boris kind of thing because when they made the Pirates of the Caribbean movie, there are so many things that feel like they're pulled right out of Secret of Monkey Island.
0: Yeah. So, and I think there's also ties to Gilbert, you know, being inspired by... Uh, on It's On Stranger Tides? Tides? Is that what that book is? Um, which eventually ended up being, like... A title, yeah. The title of the fourth... Pirates movie. Anyway, there's a lot of like, yeah, snake eating its own tail there. Um, uh, critics praised The Secret of Monkey Island for its humor, audio visuals, and gameplay. Several publications list it among the greatest video games of all time. And Agreed. it spawned a number of sequels. Uh, hard agree by by Andrew. Um, there, I think the one that just came out is the sixth game in the series because there's The Secret, there's Monkey Island 2 LeChuck's Revenge, is it curse after that? Cur- Cur- or is that yes, escape? curse.
1: Of, no, yeah, curse of Monkey Island. Uh, then maybe escape. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, it's so yeah, secret, Monkey Island, Chula, Chuck's Revenge, Curse, Escape, and then I think it's Tales and which is Tales. like a bunch of little mini episodes, I think, and then uh, return.
0: Yes. Okay. So yeah, it's the sixth one in the series, spanning j- different decades and. And uh, art styles and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And, and, the, and the
1: the original three, maybe four, I, I know they uh, have been remastered mm. um, and updated with uh, new voice acting and stuff like that to uh, make them more accessible for all those kids out there.
0: Yeah. I just – I wish that now they would come to more platforms. I, I originally, uh, when I was first getting interested in this game – about two and a half years ago, I bought it on Steam, but I made the huge, the grave mistake of not checking if it was compatible with Mac uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and for some reason it's not. So I couldn't play it. Uh, and I eventually played it in a browser, like a web browser, Um, but was still just like, oh, this needs, it'd be cool if this was just made more available. Kind of like yeah. how the new game is on Switch, Mac, uh, Mac OS and PC. So You
1: can – I know you can play – if you want to play the original, yeah, you can play it in a browser, but you can also download a Scum emulator, which I oh. had for a long time. Oh, I've will, got it. Scum VM, oh, yeah, baby. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and it, it'll play it on Mac. You can play like all those old games.
0: That's like uh, – speaking of Ron Gilbert, he eventually would create this company, Humongous Entertainment, which would mm-hmm. make a great sports series. And that's how – I still have all those discs but no way to play them. So I've been playing them um, – not this year, but past couple of years on scum VM. Yeah. It's a great yeah. program.
1: I, I think someone just made it. Someone was like, I'm frustrated that I can't yeah. play the game. So some random, you know, free freeware version just came out of nowhere.
0: Yeah. Uh, and thank you to whoever did that. I'm sure we could find out. Um, well, that uh, is Andrew. Is there any other um, uh, uh, details you want to include before we move on to your experience? Ooh,
1: uh, ooh, well, I mean, in terms of like creation of it, I mean, I, I, you, we have to call out Michael Land, uh, Uh, composer, the composer of the first one. And then, uh, he worked with, uh, a few other people on the second and third one, but just the innovation of like the iMuse system, which is how they did all the music in the game, uh, is just, it's so clever and so smart. Um, Is that what
0: you were sort of detailing earlier, how it's dynamic based on what what you're doing and where you are?
1: Yeah. So um, basically the way that they set it up was, let's say you walk into um, the pirate bar. The pirate bar has a particular type of theme that's on kind of a loop, right? Yeah. Um, But if you want to transition to the docks, um, there would be a piece of transitional music that is in key and um, in meter that transitions you out of that into the dock music, which is its own set of themes. And so basically they all worked seamlessly together. There was like these pieces that would like connect all of the different location things or all the different like uh, story beat pieces of music. Yeah. Um, And they hadn't really done anything quite like that before. And now now we know it to be in every game, every game utilizes it in some respect.
0: But That's in, in the past,
1: what you would literally do is you it would the music would stop. There would be a hard cut to a new piece of music, uh, and it wouldn't feel seamless. And now, it, so now composers write um, not only the main cues or main themes between, um, you know, various locations or story beats or character themes, but they have to write all the interstitial pieces that connect all that. Uh, it was easier in MIDI because you could just you know, the MIDI would automatically just kind of do it. But now they have to record all that with a full orchestra to make it work.
0: That is uh, so impressive and mind-blowing. And there's also things you're even getting into that I'm like, as a, someone who's not a musician, uh, I would have never considered that, oh, transition music isn't just like music to transition you or like separate two themes. It could be something that. Is connected to those as well. Yeah, you're just like opening up a whole, a whole part of my brain, dude. Um, <laughs> that's really creative. Um, very cool. Oh, and the artist I do want to point out is uh There's a. I mean, a ton of crew members we could shout out, but Steve Purcell is like the main artist mm-hmm. for this first version of this game. Um, and it's been. I mean, it's on a million platforms now. Um, but um, a ri- and I don't even. Actually, know exactly what it was originally released on. Whether it was like, I mean, DOS, I'm sure, but it was also on like the Amiga, like the classic Mac OS, Sega CD, like Atari ST. It's stuff I don't even know. Like, I don't, I don't know what an FM Towns is, but it was on it.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's a Japanese
0: personal computer. I'm just looking at Wikipedia.
1: And then I get they did a release for. It says they did a release for ps3 somewhere on here
0: that's crazy yeah, yeah. oh my gosh maybe that's where i should find it um but anyway <laughs> let's get into it uh andrew um as far, you already sort of got us into how you even came about these games which was they were a part of that sort of advent calendar of games <laughs> that you described <laughs> yeah. that your dad brought home
1: yeah yeah uh and i mean i Wow, oh, Gosh, I, I wasted – not wasted. I spent so much time trying to solve these puzzles and playing these games. I was completely enraptured by this, I guess, 8-bit looking game, yeah. point and click. But it was so – I had never played – well, I mean, I was in there – I was still like – had a limited knowledge of video games. But like, you know, I would play Sega games at my friend's house and you'd play – but this was the first game that I'd ever played. That was like, this is – Very funny.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Uh, And variant, like a lot of those LucasArts games are very, very funny. They're just like, they have a lot of irony. The characters are a little meta, a little like, like, I remember very specifically, there's this joke where uh, (laughs) the Guybrush and Elaine, who was the love interest in the movie, uh, Guybrush says something like, uh, well, uh, uh, you know, at least I learned something from this whole ordeal and, and Elaine goes, what's that? And he goes, never pay them more than 20 bucks for a computer game. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah sometimes it can be a very, uh, meta or self-referential, um, yeah. which is, which is something that would, that rings true throughout, I mean, the two games that I've interacted with, and I would assume all of them, even though, you know, Gilbert was only only helped create technically was like the director for three of these uh yeah but i guess helped with the third um yeah that's that's also just no surprise you know you as such a funny like humorous person would be drawn to that that's sort of a theme that comes up on this show a lot because i mean so many people on the show are comedians and people improvise uh or improvisers like yourself so like and there's no and it's no surprise that us freaks who just need to hear people laugh at our jokes to feel good about ourselves um, – maybe I'm just pointing at myself here uh, – would have a connection to something like that. I'm sure anyone could enjoy it but like maybe set like a spark in us slightly. Kind of like yeah. of seeing a funny TV show or or like, I don't know, Weird Al for the first time and being like, what is he doing?
1: Right, um, right,
0: which I was exposed to almost at the exact same time. Oh, that's I did not expect there to be a connection there.
1: Yeah, well, I was I was listening to Weird Al at the same time that I was playing these games, and I would say something about playing Monkey Island, you know, because I'm I'm still fairly young, and I have watched you know comedy, whether it's Monty Python or whatever sitcoms were on at the time, uh, Home Improvement, uh, <laughs> but. This is the first time, I think because it was text on screen, that it occurred to me, oh, someone's writing comedy.
0: Huh, interesting.
1: You know? Yeah. Between that and Weird Al, like knowing that he was parodying all these lyrics, I'm like, oh, someone is like writing these jokes. Yes. You know, in my, you know, fifth or sixth grade brain, that's the first time I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's crazy. Someone took the time to come up with this humor and fold it into- A medium that I didn't expect it in.
0: Yeah, it didn't just necessarily appear out of thin air, Um, which that whole – I mean that whole conversation can get down a little rabbit hole of just like – of demystifying how stuff is made or how it happens. But also showing you that like, hey, you could do something like this too. Like someone made it. Why couldn't you be one of those people? I don't know if that's like something at all you considered but like – I can at least see the, at the very least the connection for you and the humor in this game. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say as much as anything – this th- these video games have probably informed my humor as much as almost anything else I watched
0: wow. growing up. Oh, man. That's amazing. Well, then you're talking about the perfect game <laughs> on this episode then. Um yeah. That's so cool. Uh, now uh, – it's not just the um, – because sometimes, like I said before, I don't have a particular relationship with the game. But I'm so familiar with this and have been doing so much Monkey Island lately that I might just bring up more than I would normally on my own. But uh, it's not just like the the jokes that are really well written or the dialogue. But like some of the puzzles are humorous in the way you solve them as well. Um, yeah. Do any like specific uh, – you already named one joke at least if you were to think of another one off the top of your head uh d- does one notable come to mind Ooh, um it's funny because after all these years the the
1: the three games start to run together just mm-hmm. a little bit to me totally um but uh i it may be in the second game in lechuck's revenge there's a bit uh uh, there's this character called Stan who is yes. a, he's a used ship salesman I think in the first one and in the second one he's a used a slightly used coffin salesman <laughs> slightly well it's coffin flop <laughs> yeah 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 uh, but I, he kind of indicates that the reason that the coffins are only slightly used is because they were buried with someone alive in them oh that's uh, so funny. and so they had to be dug up and then put someone else to, but. Uh, just that character was so funny, and the way that they animated him—he had like a very like car salesman suit, yes—and he would move, but the pattern wouldn't. Yes, so he would move within the pattern, and it was so. I found that just that
0: visual gag was so funny. Um, Stan is uh, one of the characters that's the most hard to forget in these games, I think, because he is so visually distinct and. He like half of his thing seems to be movement, yeah. Like he's yeah. gesticulating with his arms wildly the whole time. It's so funny. Uh, that's such a good joke, too. Um, um I also remember ahead, like they
1: they they constantly make fun of the fact that Guybrush Threepwood's name is Guybrush Threepwood, yeah, and that it's not a real pirate name. Um, yeah. and that he just kind of looks like a loser,
0: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, he even sets out in this first game. And just says he just wants to be a pirate. That's like his goal or his dream or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, he's constantly like uh, shown to not necessarily – I mean he is competent I guess because you are solving the puzzles and getting through the game. But yeah, he's not some – the the typical pirate or machismo that you would expect.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, there's also just like little – like. As you go through the game, you'll find like little things that are people might miss. But like, I remember there's like a there's this giant monkey head idol, and next to it is Shishka Bob and Shishka Joe. <laughs>
0: uh, it's just it's so stupid and silly, but so funny. Gosh, they've just found so many places to make jokes. Like, any if there was an opportunity for one, it was going to be made. Um, yeah. So, you know, thinking about playing this game and i understand it might be it's pretty far back to look for you so however broad and specific you want to be throughout this feel free um what do you think of out uh, after the humor because that was the first thing you brought up um what like sticks out to you about this game in particular
1: oh uh i would say the cleverness of some of the puzzles. Yeah. Like, how you would have to, there's a bit where you get locked up and you have to, like, you have to get a dog to help you escape, so you have to, like, knock this bone around. There's a bit where you're in, um...
0: Very Pirates of the Caribbean.
1: Yeah, and they do that, that you get, I think you get put in jail in every game at some point. Yeah. uh, And you see, like, a wanted poster that, like, tells you, the crimes that you've committed previously in the game that's good which is funny there's a bit where you're in jail and you ask a uh one of the other prisoners if he has a file and he's like if i had a file do you think i'd still be in here uh (laughs) and then turns out he has received a carrot cake but he doesn't like carrot cake so he gives it to you and inside is a file
0: (laughs) yes i oh my gosh i forgot about that part of the game because i i played through most of this about two years ago but it's you're just helping a lot of it come back
1: yeah, there's, like, just so many little things like that that are, you know, that in the second game, I think they get to more where you have to go from island to island to island and, like, grab mm, yes. stuff and go back. and uh, But in the first one, it's a little bit more linear. Um, it and contained,
0: then like it seems like.
1: Yeah. There's a whole series of puzzles where you have to insult. It's called insult sword fighting.
0: Oh, let's get into this.
1: yeah. It's so. <clears throat> I, I my understanding of it is that they had watched a bunch of pirate movies before they made these movies, yeah, or these games. And one of the things that they noticed is whenever they would have sword fights on ships, they were talking all the time and like insulting each other, <laughs> giving each other a hard time, and that the the actual sword play was kind of secondary to the the banter. Yes, and so that so in order to win a sword fight in Monkey Island, you have to have the right. Uh, sword fight comebacks
0: mm-hmm.
1: like uh, there's whoa, well, I don't remember the exact joke but there was something like um, oh when you're talking about um, this uh, you know the last time I uh, the last time I fought someone like you uh, it made my nose bleed or something like that and they're like well you shouldn't be so aggressive with picking your nose or something yes. like that like all those weird back and forths that are like uh, just so funny
0: that whole that mechanic is so interesting to me when i first played it uh and i'm interested to go back um because it's one of those things where the first time you do it is the most special for that but then you maybe can appreciate it from a different perspective later but yeah running into all the pirates you only know like a few uh retorts at a certain point and you have to continue to basically lose sword fights in order to learn.
1: Yeah, you pick up, yeah, you go from pirate to pirate to pirate losing so you can learn their comebacks. Yeah. So that you can use them against the other pirates later on and then eventually you start winning.
0: Yeah, it's such a creative uh mechanic especially for a game in 1990. It's just there's a lot of moving parts there. Uh like how does the I don't know. It's just I'm just impressed that not only were these guys, you know, designing the whole thing but they were coding it too which is yes. like anyone In- insane <laughs> yeah to multi talented um uh you know i want to get into a little bit about um where you know like the setting for where you played this game was i know you said you had you had gotten a your dad had gotten a personal computer for you all um can you uh do a little scene painting for me on what Ooh, sure. the room was like where this computer was set up
1: right uh, okay, so uh, I'm from Oklahoma, um, uh, Edmond, Oklahoma, uh, which is just north of Oklahoma City, and we had um, a two story house um, in the in the rural parts of Edmonds, uh, with woods all around us, and wow. in the Second on the second story there was a den basically
0: Hell and
1: yeah. you know with a decently sized tv two windows on either side and it looked like almost like a, an, a converted attic space but it mm-hmm. it wasn't it was actually on the second level and in the corner of that room in like a set of built-in wood cabinets was a space where the computer sat.
0: It was like a puzzle in itself. That was the perfect thing to put in that space.
1: Yes. It. Yeah. I don't know what was there before. Probably, you know, it was the 80s, so maybe someone the had a hand typewriter. The hand of
0: God <laughs> crafting this beautiful corner for your personal computer.
1: Yes. Yes. But it was funny because that corner... F- was away from the door so if you were sitting facing the computer someone could come in the door behind you classic and see you on the computer so it wasn't the type of thing where you wanted to look up pornography on that machine uh granted i don't know what the pornography at the time would have even been uh uh, (laughs) something that takes four hours to download yeah 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 Yeah, uh drawings of uh whatever you're into um (laughs) but so you know you could lose time in that corner and all of a sudden someone walked in behind you and you didn't even notice they were there because you were so engaged with whatever yes. game you were playing or whatever you were doing. Um and, you know, we'd come from my parents had a, a specific rule when we got home from school at like three thirty or four or whatever it was, that you had to be outside oh. uh in the woods playing or doing something until it started to get dark.
0: Oh, interesting. Um,
1: Uh, Which I think was my mom's defense mechanism from losing her mind with five kids. Go outside, (laughs) go do anything else.
0: (laughs) Tire yourselves out, then come in.
1: Yeah. Um, So then, you know, you'd come in just before dinner and in the evening you'd get a few hours just to play computer games. And then we'd be sent to bed and a lot of times I'd be like, I can't stop. So I'd sneak back in. Oh, no way. Yeah, and play games, you know hoping that my it was funny my mom has this thing where she like roll like she's always had this she rolls in her sleep like she moves constantly while she's asleep um so she'd end up like dad would be like you know sherry you're stop it you're waking me up (laughs) and so she'd go up sometimes and sleep on the upstairs couch um so i'd have to be like you know Clever about being able to like shut the around. computer. Yeah. Yeah. Shut the computer off before she could come up or listen for her coming up so I could get back to my room when I and they wouldn't know Wait, I was playing was computer the games. Couch
0: in the den? Yes. Oh my gosh. That's that's risky because I'm sure you could be nowhere near like not have a chance to save or something.
1: Right. Gosh. But what I would do is I would turn the monitor off, Genius. leave it up. Yep. And if I had enough time to get to my room, I would, or I'd go to the bathroom and just pretend like I had to go to the bathroom in the night. If I didn't, sometimes I would have to uh, hit the hit the deck next to the love seat, which would block me. She'd come in, lay down, and then I have to wait for her to go to sleep, and then sneak back oh out and go my back to bed. Gosh.
0: All this to play computer games. That is absolutely incredible. You were on like a covert spy mission. Yeah, to, that is. Just ev- evading your mother's, uh, awareness. Yeah. That is nuts. Um, man, I can imagine like, you know, he- hearing you talk about the space where the game was in that cabinet, that just, cause we didn't have, was that built into the room or was it its own? Yeah. Sort of there was a whole
1: set of like, it was very eighties looking like woodwork and that's like, cool. all, you know, a bunch of bookshelves that were
0: all built in. That's so, oh man, that's, that's real cozy as the yeah. kids say. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm carpeted we, floor ha, carpeted floor oh yeah. now we're talking we had growing up um i didn't i never actually played these games growing up as i told you but i we did have a family personal computer which was great because i did play a a r- random assortment of uh computer games and really loved them and eventually would get my own in like junior high but i remember also like that specific desk that they don't have anymore, but my parents used to have, it was one of those that had like a little, like uh, an ability to close. So like, Mm -hmm. not like a, just like a panel that would like, you would put down um, or like a cabinet door, but it was one of those rolly ones where it sort of could like snake in a certain path. Yes, yeah. So like, I remember that too, getting like, Cause it also sort of like would come up on the sides, almost like a cubicle. So you could really get immersed and just zone out. So that is hearing you talk about sort of that and that space is, uh, it, it, I can resonate with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I, uh, my parents don't live in that house anymore, but I think the the house you grow up in, you can, st- I, I mean, at least for me, I can walk the entire house in my mind.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: it's just because we lived there for so long,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, and that space, I just you know, uh, the, the, all of my development happened sitting in the den, either watching something or playing something, or you know,
0: that's amazing. Did you so outside of the you know the sneaky sneaky times, uh? Would you would you also have other opportunities to play this slash? Did anyone ever uh, also play it in your family? Um, I was the only
1: one that played in my family because I, probably because I was a jerk and monopolized the computer, but (laughs) uh, I also think that my younger brothers and sister were not as interested. They were maybe just a little too young to be like competent at the computer. Sure. Um, And then by the time that they could have been, they, you know, had other consoles and things that they were more Mm -hmm. interested in. But what's funny is um, when I got to college, a friend of mine, uh, well, we didn't know each other, but he ended up writing a short that was essentially a Monkey Island fan short. No uh, way. And, and we had never really talked to each other, and I found out that he was doing it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is this is a huge part of my life. That's uh, crazy. And we became basically best friends <laughs> no uh, because way. of that.
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um. That's funny you bring that up but earlier while we've been – as we've been talking about this so much, I've just been like, man, what that would be cool if they made like a series or like a movie, a Monkey Island movie. And maybe it's even happened before. Um, but hearing that is just so crazy in that you found that connection with your friend.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean between that and – I mean we were also big – we were big sc- – uh, soundtrack like score music heads, composer yeah. heads. And we were just so obsessed with the themes and the music themes in the game and then also just how funny it was. And we'd played all he had played all the exact games that I'd played. Uh, uh-huh. Day of the Tentacle and Fate of Atlantis and Monkey and Monkey Island and Sam and Max hit the road. He played all of them. And so we could just like shoot the breeze and quote jokes back and forth from the from the games to each other. Oh my gosh.
0: Do you do you happen to keep in touch still? All
1: the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No he lives in uh, New Hampshire now, but um, yeah, we talk. In fact, uh, I texted him a couple of days ago to say that we were going to talk about this. Oh. Because uh, I couldn't make up my mind which game I wanted to focus on. Granted, I don't know if we focused on the one, but. Uh, hey, that's part he, of it. Yeah, and he was like, oh, well he couldn't make up his mind either. Basically.
0: It's a, it's such a hard choice, especially when you have many different relationships with, uh, with games that are meaningful like this one. Uh, Yeah. But that's amazing. I mean, truly I, there are certain recurring, I've talked about this before on the show, but there are certain topics that will recur or come up on the show that I find a lot of people have connections with. The one you just brought up was like, uh, was that, was talking to a friend before you come on this specific show and Mm -hmm. like i think as early as i think like episode five or so with jake sprague jake uh was coming on to talk about pokemon blue and he told me he called his friend mike before and there's been many examples like that but that's just that's always so fun for me to hear Uh, is stuff like that. And how, and you know, not that you have to be friends with everybody forever, but that's cool. You still keep in touch. I love that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, it's just like when you have like something in common like this and I, there, I had not talked to anyone that had played this before Yeah, and the fact that he was so, he loved it so much that he was writing a short based on it was wild to me. Did you never, did you ever make this? He did. I mean, it was it was uh, essentially like a class project kind of thing, so it wasn't like a full, counts. you know. But uh, but yeah, he may, he they built like a little pirate ship set up and he had someone that like they put makeup and did like a ghost pirate LeChuck. and Wow.
0: Yeah, if, they did a the whole. If thing. you ever find a link to this, please share it with me. I want to see this so bad. Uh, I, I'll, if I'll he's, ask him if he doesn't care. Yeah, um,
1: I'll ask him. I assume we have it on like DVD like DV tape or something like that, whatever they were using in 2003.
0: Oh my gosh. That's so cool. Um, uh, Andrew, uh, as far as the, you know, the game goes, whether it's game specifics or like memories you have around the game, is there anything you haven't gotten to bring up today that you wanted to?
1: Um well, I, I guess have we talked about what the game exactly is about? Uh, I don't.
0: I don't think so. loosely. I think we've given some loosely. details, but by all means,
1: yeah. I mean, I, uh, I, you know, we're maybe late to bring up what the plot is exactly, but uh, essentially, you're a pirate named Guybrush Threepwood, who um, wants to be or a wannabe pirate, I should say, who <laughs> um, is looking for uh, this famous. Treasure, and you run afoul of a ghost pirate LeChuck, very much in the vein of uh, the character in, that they later do in the Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Yes. Um, and you also happen to be in love with uh, the governor of the island that, you st- that you're that you on, Elaine Marley. And so you're, you know, it ends with you essentially, no spoiler, uh, killing the ghost pirate LeChuck, but not completely cause they have to make sequels of course <laughs> uh, and, and falling in love with, uh, with Elaine and her more or less falling in love with you, but it's a complicated
0: relationship. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, yeah, that's a perfect setting. It's funny how, like, cause I've only played a couple of these as I keep repeating. Uh, but it's funny how a lot of that will just continue to ring true, uh, throughout a lot of the series, but it's still, they always find a way to make it work for the most part. um, yeah, uh anything yeah, and you're you know you're going around, you're solving puzzles mm-hmm. uh in order to get to the next thing. You need to uh for example, like uh there you're trying to get into the governor's mansion and there's a little horde of of puppies that are outside of the mansion that you can't get by because they'll think they'll bite you or something. Yeah, yeah. So you have to find a way to make them distracted or not get you. And so you have so a lot at your disposal in this game as you go around objects you can pick up and keep objects you can just interact with in a in a set space. but uh it's fun and it's the type of these puzzles always make me feel so smart when I solve them on my own um, yep. because usually you have to think about it a little bit um yeah, and I still felt that way about the new one uh, just for a little experience there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're uh, they're just difficult enough to make you feel very clever when you solve them. Yes. Uh, there are a few that I think probably are are t- too difficult. Maybe not missed level difficult, but you know, really mess with your head. But yeah, uh, yeah. They it and and when you solve them, it's just not only because you've solved a puzzle, but because the answer is usually something really funny. Yeah. It's extra satisfying.
0: Totally. Ah, uh, it really is. Um, are there any other um, elements uh, again, like uh, whether it's game related or context about your life that you didn't get to share?
1: Ooh, uh, ooh, not that, not that come to mind. Um,
0: That's all right too. Um, yeah, you just uh, by uh, you're under con- contractual obligation to text me if anything does. Right, uh, and then just send so you I an
1: addendum. Out and awkwardly said it Oh, also the thing where I had to do that.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll re-release new versions of this episode with me just adding on. Oh yeah. Andrew told me at the, a uh, few times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that being the case, Andrew, before we, uh, sort of wrap up and move on to some post-show segments, uh, I just wanted to, uh, have you put a bow on whatever, uh, space monkey Island held for you.
1: um, Ooh, to me, uh, Monkey Island is a game that kind of defines uh, what I love most in gameplay and storytelling. Mm. Like it it really like captures, and even like games that I've played later, I just love like the writing is paramount to me. Uh, and if you can write an interesting or fun or funny story um, – that's more important to me than any mechanics or feeling like I'm in the world or shooting up this or that or like whatever. That's, that's what pulls me into this stuff. And this game definitely like captures all of the best things about game storytelling.
0: I love that. Um, well, Andrew, thank you so much, uh, for choosing this game and coming on today to share about your experience with it and what it means to you. It was so much fun to hear from you. I feel like we genuinely should just talk about this game off pod for a while at some for point sure. because we could talk about a lot. Um, and I, I kind of have the itch to replay it now. Um, but before we go, I do have some fun post-show segments uh, prepared All right. for you. Hit me. Uh, the first of which is the Fact Me by Your Game segment. And that's where I just share some fun facts, trivia, cheat codes, you name it, information mm-hmm. about the game. With our guest, um, one of which we already got into, um, sort of naturally, which was the setting and inspiration of the game. We already talked about how Ron Gilbert, um, was fascinated with the Pirates of the uh, Caribbean ride, uh, and uh, also had some ties to the On Stranger Tides novel.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: we got into that. Have but, you, you know, have you been on the?
1: Had you gone on the original? I mean, it's not that different, even with the uh, Johnny Depp addendum. Had you gone on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, you know, I don't know, 10 or 15 years
0: ago? Yeah, I had been. I'm from the Central Valley up north, so I've actually been going to Disneyland since I was very young. So yeah, I uh, remember. That. Yeah. Cuz they made some I, slight changes to it.
1: Yeah, uh, but the funny thing about it is if you're on that ride, that ride, you know, with uh it's kind of funny. They're all like, I mean, there's a few moments that are kind of scary, but for the most part they're kind of goofball pirates yes. anyway. Totally. So you can see how that inspired them tonally.
0: The whole like I feel like the majority. I mean, you can name plenty of things, but half of the little vignettes happening on that ride are humorous. Whether it's yeah. like uh, a dog, like a, a dog not bringing the key to some prisoners who are trying to whistle him over, mm-hmm. or uh, like people. It's but they've made it more humorous now because they've taken out some of the darker elements of it. Which like uh, you know you could have a whole conversation about. Um, but, uh, there are plenty of moments like that. And even more now with like the Johnny, the Johnny Depp stuff, the, the Jack Sparrow stuff. Uh, so yeah, I love that. I still love that ride. Um, I actually got to go to Disneyland a couple, I guess like a month and a half ago for the first time in a while. And that was pretty fun. Have you been recently?
1: Uh, the last time I was in Disneyland was, well, definitely pre pandemic, but, um, I guess 2018.
0: Cool. Very fun. Um, yeah, fun place where like uh, it's a, I can see the similarities between, like how Gilbert got there. Um, my second fact I have for you, I have titled Guybrush name origin.
1: Uh, Ooh. so the
0: protagonist of the series Guybrush Threewood got his name in a very interesting way. Um, artist Ron Purcell used a program Deluxe, uh, used a program called Deluxe Paint, um, to do some of the uh the the pixel design in this game. And he had different brush files saved uh, to use paintbrushes in that program, one of which he had saved uh, – that I guess he repeatedly used for Guybrush. Uh, and they just titled this brush Guy because there wasn't a name for Guybrush yet. They mm-hmm. hadn't actually come up with that. Um, and then eventually uh, settled on that just being the name for a character – or for the character. This was even confirmed by Ron Gilbert on uh, Twitter. I don't remember the date that he did this, but he confirmed it um, that that's how he got the first name and the last name. I guess uh, Lucas Arts held, or Lucasfilm Games, held a competition uh, to pick the last name for him amongst the company, and it was chosen. This Threepwood was chosen as the name based on the main character in a book by this author named P.G. Wodehouse titled "Blandings oh, Castle."
1: Really, I know didn't what know this that. Is? I well I know I uh, I know Wodehouse uh but uh I didn't know that. Uh they that's no amazing.
0: Way. I did hadn't even heard of this but I thought that was just a, like a a strange funny connection there too. Um and I guess Guybrush also has a middle name, Ulysses, but oh. I haven't heard any explanation for what that's about if there is any.
1: So his the acronym for his name is Gut.
0: Yeah, isn't that good? <laughs> <laughs> Thought about that earlier, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, the by the way, I got my facts. Um, these are sort of commonly known, but this is from the YouTube video called "Top 10 Interesting Facts About Monkey Island." Uh, that'll do it for the "Fact Me By Your Game" Ooh. segment, and I will lead us into uh, the the game recommendations segment. Now, this, Andrew, is my one uh, forced tie into the movie Call Me By Your Name, of which this Mm -hmm. podcast shares a very similar name. And I'm going to treat The Secret of Monkey Island as your summon it. So, your summon it. Whoa, combining words here. Your passionate summer love in Italy that you're eventually going to move on from. Uh, And you're going to need a fresh start. So, uh, I'll have three recommendations for you today potential new flings if you will okay um, upgrade
1: it, from army hammer
0: oh of course yeah absolute upgrade or, or maybe like a sidestep you know yeah. um uh so uh these will all have like something in common with the secret of monkey island um the first of which is if you want a modern point and click adventure uh that's uh tangential to uh the secret of monkey island series uh i'll recommend a game that came out a couple years ago called broken age with uh which i believe uh, tim schaefer was actually like a what did he do for this let me look it up he he maybe was a uh, a writer uh broken age but yeah this is a, so if you're looking you know monkey island's a classic if you're looking for a more modern one uh then yeah oh yeah tim schaefer designer um, is that is that um, it's double fine? Double fine,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. I I remember when they were coming back. Like you know, there was a, a few years ago they raised um, a bunch of money to create essentially create Double Fine, and I, I like there was a Kickstarter. Maybe it was for this game.
0: It, I'm not sure. Did, I believe this uh this yeah uh was Kickstarter crowdfunded.
1: Okay, all right. The, uh, I've I've not
0: played it. Um so I will add that to the list. Yeah, apparently it's on like everything now. Uh so even it, Mac OS. Even Mac OS. Wild. Unlike the secret of Monkey Island on Steam. Wild. Um so that's uh your modern point and click adventure that's okay. you know made from a similar mind. Uh, yep. uh the next one I have for you is if you want a point and click adventure from the 90s, but instead of pixel art. You're really into stop motion all of a sudden. I'll recommend to you uh, one of the most fascinating games I've ever played called The Neverhood. Uh, And this is a claymation stop motion animated game. Um, Absolutely fascinating. Um, It's done by, I think, uh, let's see, DreamWorks Interactive was the publisher. Um, So yeah, this thing is, uh, you play a, a, a person named Clayman um, and, uh, yeah, you're, it's just a 1996 point and click adventure game with puzzles like this one. I think you can actually die in this though. So unlike the monkey Island series, which unless you intentionally kill yourself in like one moment in the first game, it's impossible. Um, okay. are you seeing images of this?
1: I'm, I just pulled it up. Is this the same? Did DreamWorks? Cause it's a Spielberg. It was a Spielberg company at the time. I assume, do they also do like... Uh, They didn't do Grim Fandango, did they?
0: I I couldn't tell you. I don't know if they did or not. Um, um, I haven't
1: heard – I've never heard of this before though.
0: Oh, it is – I highly recommend it if there's a way to get your mitts on it because it is a really cool game. Uh, One that I was fascinated by growing up. Um, the Neverhood. And then lastly, Andrew, is yes. if you want to keep the sea shantiness of it all – you I are you are sick of monkeys, which I don't even think there's – spoiler, I don't think there's even a monkey in most of these games, if any of them, um, <laughs> unless I'm forgetting a character.
1: There are. They're just like in the background causing trouble.
0: Yeah. Okay. There we go. Um, you're done with monkeys. You just want to focus on pirates and being pirates with your friends. Arr. I'll recommend to you a game called Sea of Thieves, uh, another sort of modern mm. – uh, I believe it's a multiplayer game. Uh, But, hey, you're a pirate, so I figured, uh, what the heck? Let's lean into it.
1: Sea of... Thi- well, it's, uh, it says here... I just looked it up. Uh, We're not pretending we don't have the internet, are we? Oh, no. Uh, really, by all
0: means. It's done by it's, Rare, actually. It says it's an online game? Yeah. Um, It's a, let's see, 2018 action-adventure game developed by Rare and published by Microsoft. Uh, player assumes the role of a pirate who completes voyages from different trading companies. And, it, yeah, Ooh. it's a multiplayer... They've got a multiplayer version too. We explored an open world via pirate ship. Oh, look I at love that. that. So to wrap up your game recommendations, Andrew, we have uh th- we have Broken Age, mm-hmm. The Neverhood, and Sea of Thieves.
1: All right. Uh I'm gonna have to uh double down on computer games again and
0: get all these all sound like a lot of fun. I love it. That's uh mission accomplished here. I'd call me by your game. Uh, that'll wrap up that segment. In fact, that will bring us to the end of the show. Um, but before we, uh, plug whatever we want and get out of here, Andrew, I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on and spending your afternoon, uh, talking to me about your experience with this game. Uh, this was so much fun to hear from you and just a great chance to connect as always.
1: Oh, my, my pleasure. I, uh, uh, any time I could evangelize about these games and think about them again is a good thing. And uh, who better than with you? Oh, hot
0: dog. You flatter me. Um, well, my friend, what would you like to plug on your way out? Wh- how can people find you and or support you?
1: Um, well, if you want to find me on the socials, I wouldn't call myself a very active uh, poster. But you can find me at Andros the Great with two S's.
0: Very appropriate um, uh, for this uh, podcast.
1: Yep, yep. Uh, do a barrel roll. Um, (laughs) and if, uh, if you want to check out some of my podcast work, you can either check out, um, losers, pretenders, and scoundrels, which is a, uh, comedic history podcast looking at, um, losers, pretenders, and scoundrels in history. Um, or, uh, Stone Cold Paradise, which is a improvised podcast where, uh, me and three other improvisers play the... 1980s rock and roll band Stone Cold Paradise, bringing on various people from our band history to reminisce about old
0: times. That is such a fun, uh, fun podcast. Uh, I, and former guest of this show, who was on for uh, 007 Golden Eyes, Zach Olson. Is Ooh, yes, one of yes. The four. Yep, yep. Uh, we need to get you on that one too. Oh, when anytime you all would like a guest, I'd be happy to come on. That would be fun. Excellent. You
1: are consider yourself booked for whenever. Two of our uh, uh, two of my co-hosts <laughs> get
0: back from their honeymoon, <laughs> their never-ending honeymoon. Um, yeah, I love it. Was was that? Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to plug? Did you, was that it?
1: That's the only regular thing. I mean, you know, uh, improv shows, but <laughs> uh, you know, uh, yeah, the only thing that you can catch from anywhere that your listeners might be.
0: <laughs> gotcha. Okay, very cool. Well, uh, Andrew, I'll go ahead and uh, close out with some plugs of my own. But thanks again. All
1: right. Thank you for having
0: me. You're so welcome. Uh, the show art for call me by your game is done by Glenn J. Uh, you can find Glenn and his wonderful art on Instagram at Glenn with two And actually the way him and I connected was he found me streaming the secret of monkey Island in 2020. And, uh, now he, he does, he does the art for our show. So you never know how you can connect with people. Um, this show is produced by Jeremy Schmidt. You should check out his show, Video Games, a comedy show. More of a panel group style uh, video game comedy focused podca- podcast. Podcast. Uh, you can follow me on social media at Connor under, uh, underscore McCabe and that's C-O-N-N-E-R. You can follow me on Twitch where I've been streaming a lot more lately. I'm at twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69. And that's C-O-N-Z. I just finished up Luigi's Mansion. And who knows? Maybe it'll be Half-Life or something else. But I will be streaming more. So give me a follow there and come by. Um, and then lastly, uh, you can also uh, check us out on Patreon. We're, of course, like I already said, at patreon.com slash supernpcradio. Uh, and if you're a fan of the Monkey Island series, I do as I've already said, just did a panel style show uh, talking about the newest game in the series, The Return to Monkey Island, with which Andrew, that's a bonus fourth recommendation. Like it is incredible as a fan of the series, like you got to play it. It's oh,
1: are already subscribed and downloading?
0: Yes, my man um but yeah you can find us there uh patreon.com slash if you like me you like my discussions with people about video games you're gonna really enjoy what you find there because i'm on there a lot uh that'll do it for this episode of the call me by your game podcast we will see you on the next one